When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor on deadline day. We're recording this on deadline day, uh, so lots still going on. Uh, we're going to be talking about Swansea City this weekend, of course. So 12 games unbeaten now as well, and an exciting fifth round time in the FA Cup to look forward to. But let's start, Gregor with Bristol City's new signing, or not so new signing. Uh, we believe Antoine Semenyo is uh, coming back from Newport. We knew he'd been recalled and he will be playing for Bristol City. Yeah, um, according to my sources, the latest I know, and um, obviously there's only a few hours of the window left with us recording this, is that basically, yes, City have been looking for this striker to back up Fam, uh, share the share the load, um, leading the line, as Lee Johnson said recently, and that man is going to be Antoine Semenyo. And, yeah, there's a couple of ways of looking at this. Uh, obviously, they've recorded him from Newport, um, there is definitely interest in him from other clubs. I reported myself. I've been told that Chelsea have made a bid mm. for him. We, I asked Jamie McAllister yesterday specifically about that. He admitted that there was interest in Semenyo. Sorry, Mark Ashton and Lee Johnson have both said before that there's interest in their young players. And yeah, my understanding is that Chelsea have made a bid for him. That was last week. Um, but from what I know currently... They're going to go with Semenya. They're going to give him a chance. They're going to put their uh, faith in youth and the young players and they're going to think of the long term, not the short term, because um, we're going to come on to this. Players like Britta Sombolonga, yes, very good, but very expensive and probably just out of reach, unfortunately, just at this moment in time for Bristol City. So, yeah, they're going to go with Semenya. And why not? Because he, he's he's wanted by one of the big boys. Chelsea believe he, he can really become a star. So... Why shouldn't he do that at Bristol City? The thing is, as well, if Semenya was to go somewhere like Chelsea, he wouldn't be playing for Chelsea. He'd be playing for like the under twenty threes. Um, if if that was to happen, maybe in summer, would he be loaned back to Bristol City? Do you think? There's a possibility of that. I mean, basically, my understanding is that City are going to give him first team chances between now and the end of the season, and hopefully convince him that he's going to play first team football at the Robins, and that his long term future. Or, or maybe I should say medium-term future, is going to be best served by staying at Ashton Gate. The problem will be is if he the player has had his head turned. I think he does want to go to Chelsea, from what I know. Um, but it's, you, you can't blame him, you know. It's a no, no, he's, top four club. He, he is from London as well. And, yeah, it's a huge lure to go to someone like Chelsea. But he might be better off playing at Bristol City. As you say, yeah, he's going to get more first-team chances there. Uh, in terms of his development, it's going to be better. And, yeah, City are willing to back him. And I, th- I think that that's a, a good move for the Robins. He's, he's a guy that's really talented. And let me sell this to you a different way. Let's say Bristol City had signed um, a wonder kid from League Two and they'd beaten Chelsea to his signature. Mm-hmm. Look at it that way. Mm-hmm. That looks a lot more positive. He hasn't played a lot from what, from what I've seen in the classic number nine position mm. for Newport. 
Uh, obviously, did he play, play as part of the front, front three at times he, as well? He did. I mean, in that Leicester game, he was playing slightly to the left. Um, but he is a, a forward player with all the attributes that mm. City are looking for. He's strong, he's powerful, athletic. I've seen him playing at Bath City before he was at Newport, mm-hmm. and I was impressed with him then. I've seen him playing at under-23s level. Um, but is he gonna? is he going to play? Yes, my yes, my understanding is he is going to play. Because they've got they've got Moisa, who was a League Two hot prospect. You know the way you've just phrased that. Moisa come, has come in; he hasn't really featured. So Semenya coming back from his loan is is he going to be it's a regular a, part of the team? It's a good point. I think they do think Moisa will come good. It's just going to take him a bit of time. I think he will go out on loan today. Later, later today. That's my understanding. It might be that the club. Keeps him in because they don't because they don't bring anyone else in and they just want the extra numbers up there like they've confirmed with Joe Morell and Max O'Leary. Moisa is five years older than yes. Antoine Semenyo. Yeah, absolutely, five years, and that's a huge difference. Yes, Semenyo. Don't let's not forget Lee Johnson gave him his league debut in the last game of last season against Sheffield United. Antoine Semenyo was born in the year two thousand. Yes, oh, oh, I feel this old. is depressing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's nineteen. Yes, let me tell you a couple of other little stories about him um i've been told by sources behind the scenes that basically when they were evaluating sean mikolski and antoine Semenyo, a lot of the senior staff at the city believed that Semenyo would be the guy who went for really big money eventually and that mikolski maybe was going to do better now but maybe not so much in the long run and I firmly believe that this kind of explains the Mikulski sale which seemed a bit mm. out of nowhere and a bit bit strange I believe they've cleared the path basically for Semenyo here they've let Mikulski go they feel that at 19 Semenyo is is a really hot prospect let, let's not forget Martin Keown was gushing about him on mm. saying keep an eye out for this guy Manchester United have been watching him Chelsea have bid for him um, and I just want to head off at the past this because I'm sure the club will speak about Semenyo and uh, at some point mm. in the future um, and they yeah they've already admitted that there's interest in him they might they might come out and admit the Chelsea bid or they might deny that um, because it might come down to sort of semantics where it might be whether there's actual real interest yeah. or an inquiry or not my understanding is that there has a bid, been a bid and another source has said to me um, that since Semenyo has come in to from made the move, sorry, from SGS College to Bristol City. He has consistently shown that he's ready for first team senior. Football. Yeah, that is that, that's that's the thing, isn't it? With a lot of the sort of the unders lads going from sort of under twenty three football, which I know you you watch a lot of. There's such a big jump to men's football to where there's actually something riding on the game to where ultimately it's people's livelihoods and it's that jump whether a nineteen year old can make that but I guess we've seen with Newport County he can so is it that now he's going to come into the first team are we expecting if he stays to see him play on Saturday against Swansea City yes you're completely right there you're spot on and Lee Johnson said a similar thing there's such a big gap between under 23's football which is from my understanding, a lot of people inside the football industry just um, believe is not really not fit for purpose, and they've got to go and do it uh, in senior football. This is why 
Brian Tinian is so key at Bristol mm. City because all those loans really do get the guys, the young guys, um, ready for football. And I've got to say, they have got, from what I, I see, and I truly believe this, and I know other people have said this, they've got a lot of young guys who are very, very talented. Mm. I, I'm not going to name him, but there's one guy I saw on the under-23s on Monday, and I, I think he's better than Semenyo. Wow. So we're talking about a guy here that, in my opinion, could go to a higher level. And they've got other players as well who, who are wanted. They, the club have said this consistently. Um, so, so is he going to play on Saturday? Semenyo. Well, this is the thing. Yes, hopefully he's going Surely to be Surely he should squad. be in the matchday squad. Yeah, he should be. He should be. Um, all I would say is a similar situation with um, Callum uh, Hudson-Odoi at Chelsea, yes. which is ironic because obviously That's Chelsea ongoing. decides... He wasn't in the matchday squad yeah. yesterday. And he wants to go and he wants to play somewhere else, but they're going to give him first-team chances, try Are and convince him. I mean, I was at Bournemouth for Chelsea last night and he wasn't. He was the 19th man. He wasn't in the matchday squad. Mm. Sometimes I think you've got to look at these things over the longer term. Just, just on the... I just want to round off on the Semenyo mm. story because we obviously reported earlier in the week that there had been this bid from Chelsea and it looks like it's going to be turned down. And at the time, we were told that um, from one source that it was very close to happening and basically, yeah, there, there might be an official statement coming that a sale was agreed and everything and that's not been the case whatsoever. So obviously, we, we got that wrong. But... but Make no mistake, this guy is a really talented player, um, young player. Six goals, 32 games at Newport. And a lot of sides are taking a look at him. And Bristol City are convinced that he can he can do the business at the club. And they're, they're, they hope that he's going to be, rather than the likes of Herbie Kane or Jacob Maddox, who both left to Liverpool and Chelsea, respectively. Uh, Jacob Maddox, now at Cheltenham Town on loan, mm. incidentally. Herbie Kane uh, doing brilliantly in, is it with Doncaster? in yep. In League One. And they think that basically Semenyo can do a similar thing, but with Bristol City. And is it wrong to back their own youth players and, and try and keep them from the, the clutches of the Premier League big boys? And, and, in sure the end, and in the end, you know, say say he does come good, then his fee will be a lot higher than it would be now anyway. So it's actually shrewd business. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I don't know how long he's got on his contract. It's probably a couple of years. Um but as, uh, that would be probably the only bad thing, or, or I suppose a couple of things. One, he's not experienced at championship level, but hey, I mean, everybody's got to come in and start somewhere um, and, and look at the, the young players that have been brought through a Premier League club. You don't have to necessarily go out well, But Tammy Abraham, you know, in contrast to that, came Absolutely. on loan from a Premier League club, first taste of the championship. And, you know, he is amazing in the championship, Tammy Abraham. Top scorer for Aston Villa this season so even though he's not at that taste of championship football you don't know until you try absolutely and the, the the bad thing would be is if Antoine has had his head turned to the extent that he doesn't sign a new contract when does his contract run out I, I think I, I don't know for sure I, I'm 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 guessing here, I think it's in a couple of years. And, and is that, because there's, there's different sort of contracts, is that an under-23 contract or is that a pro? No, I think that's a full pro senior contract and I would expect the club to probably have one of these one-year options yeah. that, that they usually have. And yeah, I, I think it's exciting. I, I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. But the knock-on effect is I'm not expecting Bristol City to bring in another senior striker today. Talking of um, one-year extensions. We know that Callum O'Dowda has had his deal extended. What does that mean for the talks that have been going on for him? 
Well, my understanding on that one is there's another round of um, contract negotiations to come. Mark Ashton confirmed that in his uh, BBC Bristol yeah, yeah. radio interview. Um, I've said all along, I'm I'm optimistic and positive, and from what I know behind the scenes, that he's he's going to renew. That obviously hasn't happened yet. There has been speculation about him in this one. Yeah, uh, the, and and I can and I can add to it as well that I've been told that there are Premier League sides watching him. So there is a he's another one of these young guys who there is interest around. But I think now that he's playing regularly and his best form is coming to the fore again, I think he's another guy that he will realise that he's best served um, staying at, um, at Ashton Gate and especially with Bristol City at the moment heading in the right direction. So yeah, I. I think he will sign a new deal. I think we just have to be a bit patient on that. Scott Hogan um, has gone to Sheffield United. Um, he was someone that Bristol City were rumoured to be interested in, obviously with Antoine Semenyo um, coming back off loan. It's not as drastic the need for a striker, but does that sort of really indicate where Bristol City are in terms of their transfer business? You know, he, He's on loan from, from Villa at... Sheffield United, but were Bristol City ever really a contender? Just like this uh, Britta Sombolonga speculation, would they have the money to subsidise those sort of wages? And with financial fair play, they probably couldn't have brought in a Sombolonga on a permanent deal, could they? Because that would bring them really close to the limit, because he'd be in double figures, wouldn't he? In terms of millions. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. You're, you're, you're spot on. I mean... Both guys would have been expensive. I know they might... Well, we don't know at this t- very moment what's going to happen with the Sombolonga. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I've spoken to my colleagues up in Middlesbrough and basically they've said that they don't think he'll be on the move because he is still Middlesbrough's top scorer at this moment in time and this is a Middlesbrough side that can't really buy a goal. And mm. so he, even though he's not playing regularly up there, unless, and I wrote about this this morning... Unless suddenly Middlesbrough pluck a, a top-class striker out somewhere, I don't think they're going to allow Asombolonga to go. I think he would like to go because mm. he's not starting regularly under Tony Pulis. What I, I remember watching the City game up there last season and and this year down at Ashton Gate, and I thought to myself, there's a guy, Asombolonga, who maybe isn't going to get on with Tony Pulis so well. That, um, and I, and I, yeah, I it's think that's the Pulis case. plays, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. He prefers Hugel, doesn't he? So... I, I think maybe there's a move there for someone, but unfortunately, I just don't think that's Bristol City with the numbers involved. You'd be you'd be talking to buy him. You'd be talking over ten million pounds. Mm. Let's not forget that the record is Jeju at what five point three, five point six million. I can't remember offhand. Uh, wages, huge wages. Um, sorry, way beyond of my understanding what Bristol City plays. So, and that's, to an extent, Scott Hogan as well. I I think there was interest in Hogan. And they would have liked him, but he's obviously gone to Sheffield United. And to be fair to Sheffield United, they have been chasing him for a long time. They were very keen on him in the summer, so that might have played a part in that one. Also, Hogan comes from Greater Manchester originally, so that might have been a part in that. And again, he's on big money, I think, uh, having made the move from Brentford to Villa, so that would have been difficult to accommodate at Ashton Gate again. So, yeah, I think they would have liked him, but they just couldn't do a deal on that one. Uh, in terms of Leon Clark, I want to add to him, uh, I've been told off the record that um, location was a big thing on that one. So he's gone to Wigan. I think City did consider it, but then again, he's 34 years old in just a few days and he really would have been a short-term measure. Mm. So 
Would they have brought in it's not someone? Really that, it's, someone. Not, it's not their policy, is it? E- exactly. And just to add into that, one little story I've been told is that basically Bristol City considered bringing back fans' favourite Albert Adoma last oh, uh, really? last January, but that was vetoed, and I think maybe even by Steve Lansdowne or one of the senior officials, mm-hmm. uh, because he was too old and, right. and there was not going to be any sell, sell-on value, that the deal wasn't going to represent value. Yeah, there's, there's a clear, clear policy. I know Mark Ashton has spoken about it before, is that... Young players. That's the way Bristol City are going. They need a sell-on value and they need to see potential in them, really. I'm sure there will be exceptions. Exactly. And we've got to think about the long term here in terms of financial sustainability. Obviously, just look at the club's accounts and they're not that far away from uh, crossing the financial fair play threshold. That is expected to come down once the sales are factored into next year's accounts from the summer, the likes of Flint, Reed. Maybe uh, maybe next year they could make a big signing. Yes, I I really do think so. Get the squad... Well, they don't need a whole lot. They've got a lot of depth. Yeah, they have. They have really have across... Um, uh, across the defence they're not desperate for players this is the thing it, it's not make or break to, to you sort of think to back to, sum, to summer who they brought in in the summer uh, who would you say out of those summer signings that, that has been the most positive I mean Marley Watkins hasn't really hit the ground running has he no he hasn't but I still believe in Marley I know I'm in a minority of one or majority of one even um, and yeah I, I think he could add something to the team he's a goal scorer once he, did he gets score a couple of goals. He's got the, the second best minutes to goals ratio in the squad still. Yeah. Um yeah, give this guy a chance. He hasn't been given a full run yet. He's suffered uh, um some injuries. You've got another goal scoring midfielder there. They don't need a lot. Um the striker would be the icing on the cake. Yes, they might do that next year and they might have more room to do that. So yeah, they're gonna give Semenyo a chance. Let's not forget, they're on the second longest unbeaten run in the whole of English football um, at the moment. Only Luton Town on a longer run. Six back-to-back wins. They're not desperate for anything, are they? No, they're doing well. They're doing well. I'm I'm still not convinced, though, that they will finish in the playoffs. I just think that top six at the moment, they look so set because they're not really slipping up that much. You know, Derby are just clinging on to that sixth spot because they just keep on winning every week or getting a result of sorts every week and then you think well West Brom and Sheffield United the one the one I'd wonder about would be Borough yes because possibly because they're not scoring goals like you said possibly possibly they might do it though they might not I just think that their thinking at the moment is the longer term the, the bigger picture not just the next six months you said you said sort of up a mid table mm. and now in January the window's closing looking at this squad is that still what you think Yes, upper mid-table. Not too sure they'll finish in the top six. I think they'll go close. Um, so, yeah. They've could, had a really good season. I'm not, I'm, yeah. Just just on the strikers, I'm not convinced that if they brought in a Somber longer, that that, that, that would, would guarantee. That would be the ticket. Yeah, because where does he play? Obviously, he's going to, so you'd start him ahead of Fam, would you? Is he going to score more goals between now and the end of the season with Fam? Mm. Not sure. It might only be a few goals in it. Would that make the difference? Maybe. Um, obviously, it gives you that strength in depth. The problem might be is if Jeju picks up an injury. <laughs> that might be. That is a problem. That, that might be the only thing. But but that yeah. six games without him at the start of the season, they got by. Yeah, yeah. But it's not a coincidence that he's come back in, and perhaps he didn't score every game. But if you just look at some of the work he does off the ball, okay, he's sometimes his touch is really a bit. Yeah. Sometimes his touch is a bit heavy, and sometimes the crowd can get on his back for that. But you would say sort of the majority of the time having him in the side has been key to this 12 games unbeaten. 
One of which was um, against Bolton on Friday night in the FA Cup. And after that, this week, Marlon Pack has been speaking ahead of the Swansea game at the weekend. His thoughts on that in just a second. But we've been talking about the young um, Bristol City players and he's just had a word about some of them here as well. Yeah, well, I spoke to Finley after the game and he, he had high praise of both Anton and T. So, um, like I said, uh, you know, they've had a good half of the season at Newport. Obviously, Anton's come back now, but hopefully T has a good second half of the season then and next year we'll come back you know better for Bristol City yeah two good young players um, Swansea up next then and uh, the last game was pretty close in South Wales do you expect the, the same again yeah um, I watched some of the game last night um, very technical team you know good footballing players and you know one that's going to make it tough for us again so obviously you have a game, game plan you have to abide to but at the same time we need to try and stamp our authority on the game and bring our game to them, especially at home, which, you know, hopefully in front of a big crowd at Ashton Gate, have our spur on to get us a result. So, Marlon Park there speaking ahead of Swansea this weekend and saying, obviously he's very close with Aidan Flint, that he's spoken to him about some of the young Bristol City talents, how exciting they are. And then he talked about Swansea as well. We'll come on to that in just a second. But, Gregor, um, it is deadline day, so any outgoings at Bristol City? Rumours um, about Matty Taylor, but that's unlikely, isn't it? He wants to be at Bristol City. Um, well... My understanding on that is that that's very unlikely to happen. There's, but he wants to be at Bristol City, doesn't he? Well, I think he might want more first-team football. Right. But, but we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, as I say, my understanding is it's very unlikely there's going to be a move there. So I, th- I, I think, uh, well, my suggestion is that he's going to be there until the end of the win- um, until after the window and he'll be there for the rest of the season. Do you think he's really frustrated with his lack of game time? Because he comes on and he does well. He does. He's just been unlucky, though, injuries, with injuries yeah. as well. It's a bit of a strange one last week, wasn't it? That obviously Lee Johnson said after the game at the weekend that he was going to be out possibly for six to eight weeks, but then they'd reassessed him and he was going to be completely fine. And he's back in training, running, and going to be probably involved this weekend. So that's a bit odd. In, in terms of other outgoings, uh, Moisa, I think, might go out on loan later today. Um, but then again, they might keep him in if they don't bring in a striker. I should caveat that things do change in the window all the time, like very quickly. Yes, and in like fact, literally, we look at our phones and things change. Yes, and just on that subject, I've been told by someone that Lee Johnson has been offered a striker today, and he said no, he doesn't want him. He doesn't think he's going to be good enough. It's not better than what he's got now. Yeah, exactly. So that's an indication of how things can change because he might get an offer later on. And I don't hear about anything, by the way. Everything, but by the way, I, I want to make that. I don't clear. hear about anything. I thought you were going to say it's like crap. You're in the wrong job. <laughs> I don't hear about everything, so I want to make that clear. Um, and he might get an offer later on today for for somebody that he does think is is yeah, is better yeah. than what they've got. I mean, so, look, this is mid morning on deadline day. Exactly, so. things can change. They might yet bring in a striker. We'll have to wait and see. Mm. And yeah, Moisa might stay. The only other one I wanted to mention was in relation to the Scott Hogan story. Mm. Just to mention a story that I did during the week that I thought City might have an advantage with Aston Villa in terms of that. I believe the boards get on quite well, and that's because I learned. This was actually, I learned this a while ago, but I've only been able to use it recently. Um, comes from sources in the Midlands that have told us that the Nathan Baker transfer fee was, and, and deal was actually renegotiated 
uh, after he signed for Bristol City. That happened during last season, that basically Aston Villa, when they were short of money under Dr Tony Gia and had cash flow problems, they they approached City and asked if they could have more of the payments up front for Bristol City to pay a lower fee overall. That, therefore, that suited everybody. Villa had more money when they needed it. Bristol City paid less of a fee. Well, yeah, good um, deal. Yeah, so it's a good deal. I, I, obviously, with that kind of journalism, I had to approach both clubs and ask them if they wanted to comment on the story, mm-hmm. which they didn't want to. So, yeah, um, it's, it's, a, it's a good deal for Bristol City uh, there. And, yeah, I think they've done pretty decently in, in this window, only just the one signing. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how Semenyo does. Yeah, very exciting and uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing him this weekend against uh, Swansea City. 1-0 at Liberty uh, back at the end of summer. Gregor, how do you see this one going? I covered them on Tuesday night against Birmingham and their defence looked shaky at best. 3-3 and Birmingham only had 10 men for the majority of the game. Well, the second half. Yeah, I remember actually, I think I saw you on Sky Sports News reporting on that when it looked was, a bit cold out. It was very, very cold. <laughs> um, I think it sounds like Swansea are about to lose Dan James as well, isn't it? So. I have, from some sources, I understand that he has asked the club to go. He has uh, told the club owners that he wants to leave. But it's mid-morning on deadline day, so we don't know how that's going to uh, pan out. Swansea want to keep him. Mm. But how do you keep a player that wants to leave? And um, he's such a good player, Dan James. I've been writing my column this week about what a threat he is. I might not have to rewrite that. (laughs) Um, But give and goes, lightning pace. Leeds are the the ones that are interested. Yes. Um, Apparently, a permanent transfer would be potentially worth more than £10 million. Blimey, blimey. I know. know. And that's probably the difference there with Bristol City. And obviously, knock-on effect, it could be good for City because... It means there's less of a chance Leeds are going to be interested in Calamodada. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, Swansea this weekend. Um, let's just touch on Bolton last Friday. Nicholas Eliasson, what a goal. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I thought it was fantastic. It was it was tough to call the man of the match in that game because mm. there were several stand up players. Again. Yeah, Casey he has Palmer. To start. Yes, he was. He, he was outstanding. He's got to start on Saturday. He, yeah, he's, he really has added that spark they wanted. He's stop he's, avoiding the question. He has to start on Saturday, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> I just can't let Jamie Patterson go. Yeah, okay. Sorry, Patterson, to the bench. Maybe. maybe <laughs> um, yeah, he's been a great addition, and uh, Jay Morrell was pretty tidy as yes, well. Yes, he was lovely footwork as well. And Calum O'Dowda, I thought, was was absolutely superb. He was the, those guys. Great were goal the main. from Calum O'Dowda. Can't forget that one either. Yes, terrific finish. Those guys all really stand out. Good things at the moment. Let's not forget, by the way, midweek game. I think isn't it next week as well? No, that's the yeah, it's the week after on the thirteenth. So um, there is some some busy fixtures coming up. Before that, they'll find out who they play in the fifth round of the FA Cup because it's either Shrewsbury or Wolves. Now, without being disrespectful, if Shrewsbury beat Wolves, they're obviously tough opposition, but surely they'd rather Shrewsbury and potentially be looking at a place in the quarterfinals, Gregor. Yes, which would be a phenomenal achievement. And with the few, so few Premier League teams in it, I think there's going to be some club from somewhere that's uh, from outside the Premier League that's going to go far. Could it, could it be City? Could it be their time again? Maybe. They had a good cup run last year and it did boost their season, but ultimately then they tailed off. But it's different timing, isn't it, this season? It's different. It's not It's not as intense. The League Cup seemed to come all the time, didn't it? It seemed, it seemed to be there was a League Cup game every week, but the FA Cup doesn't feel like that, does it? No, 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 no. it starts later. 
Yeah. Um, Do you yes. think it would affect their season less if they went further? I don't think I don't think it'll have too much of a bearing because they've got that strength in depth, and we're prob- more strength in depth this time. Yeah, we're probably on a balance, only talking about one or two more games added to their season. Yeah. So the league cup was a lot more, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, The two legged semi final. It was the timing of it as well. Yeah, you're right. It was the timing of it coming in January when uh, they also had a lot of injury problems, flogging the same players. As Lee Johnson said, I would I would agree with that. Um, Six wins in a row. Is it going to be seven on Saturday? I think there's a high chance. Yeah, I'm backing it. I would go for it. I think it might be another narrow win, and this is where City need to improve. They they just aren't putting sides away, like having those chances to kill them off, win by more than one goal. If they can do that, then anything could happen this season. And will they go into the top six? Derby uh, are playing on Friday. So it really could be... They're playing Preston away on Friday. Preston is a tough game. Um, This is a massive opportunity. Come Saturday afternoon, they could be looking at getting back into that top six. Yeah. And I just wanted to end on one little debate okay. with you just very quickly Lee Johnson uh, he didn't do pre-match press yesterday we had Jamie McAllister we had Dean Holden the week before we had Dean Holden the week before that and Jamie before that and we just had I'm going to mention both sides of the argument here had some fans saying what was the point of having the pre-match presser um, because maybe Lee reveals a bit more about stuff but on the other side of the fence and I do take this point, you had fans saying, well, actually, isn't it better for business to be kept quiet until after the transfer window closes and then we can hear about more stuff? And I think maybe that... Well, do you fans not have a right to, to know, though? They do, I suppose. This is their they, head coach. They, they do, and and the, and the head coach should be answerable to the fans. Obviously, it's our job to hold the club to account. And, Look, uh, and I have to say, Lee does do a good job on that. Yeah, he does, that. and he's really and good at speaking to the media and... You know, I think last season we had a lot of access to Lee Johnson and speaking to him. Mm. I don't think there has been quite as much accessibility this season for whatever reason. You know, mm. he, he was away in Germany, to be fair, last yes, week. Yes, 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 um, this is true. But, you know, you want to hear from the man in charge of your team. Now, he does come out almost all the time in post-match. Occasionally, Jim McAllister will do it. Occasionally, Dean Holden will do it. But when you're building up to a game, you want to hear the thoughts of your head coach. No disrespect to Jamie or Dean. Yeah, and I want to clarify, that's not saying that Lee's not not doing it. He does, and I think he's very good for fans because he does. He is open and honest about stuff. It's just... I'm not sure if it's his decision whether he does it or not, though. Well, OK. But it's just... It's a dis- discussion, really, of of the wider, the bigger picture. How much should fans get to hear about, really? How much... Is it good for fans to know about? I mean, would you want to know if, say, your club had, had made a bid for a player but it wasn't successful? Would you want to know if a, a, another but you team don't, you has... Don't, but half the time you don't find out about these things. No, you know, there's is. loads of deals that never come to the surface. This loads of potential deals happening right now on deadline day that will not go through. Now, we hear about a lot of them, but we don't hear about a lot of them. You know, there's, there's probably something going on right now that won't get over the line but will happen in summer and we won't hear about it until summer. This is true. This is true. Maybe, maybe. But I, I would, I would say, fans deserve to hear from the head coach if the schedule allows that. 
Yes. Uh, and to be fair to Lee, I understand, yeah, he was away in Germany last week, yes. so he couldn't do pre-match then. And I understand he's going to do um, be speaking after Swansea. And, and, and also the club are having their own um, communications event on Monday, which they're um, looking for questions for at the moment. So he'll be speaking then. I think he'll probably do... Um, the pre-Blackburn Rovers conference so actually we're probably going to be sick of hearing from them <laughs> within a week so I don't, yeah, no problems there on that count it's just how much should we learn about transfers before the end of the transfer uh, I think that's maybe a, a discussion for them when the window closes next yeah. week so we'll come on to that more next week how much should uh, you as a fan know what's going on behind the scenes um, at Bristol City you're the paying customer do you want to know more? Um, let's find out more about that next week. Gregor, thank you for your time. Uh, we're both off to scurry away, carry on working on deadline day. Who knows? By the time you're listening to this, it could have all changed, but uh, hopefully we weren't that far wrong. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us, and we'll be back next week. Robins on the Wire.